Three of us talking championship series. One game is already in the books in the NLCS. Phillies won it 2-0 thanks to two solo shots from Bryce Harper, who is uh, continuing his legacy cementing postseason. And then you've got Kyle Schwarber hitting a ball that uh, should make grown men cry. That was nuts. We also got to talk Yankees ousting the Guardians in five. Now they get on a plane late night and go to Houston to start the ALCS. Javison Tyone against Justin Verlander. Jack in Indy. Peter in New York. Aram in an Airbnb in Scottsdale, Arizona, checking out the Arizona Fall League. Um, that looked awesome, man. I mean, I saw you were at Camelback Ranch last night. I love Camelback Ranch. Yeah, dude, it, it's something else. It's cool. I, I I didn't really know what to expect, so it was cool to kind of just go into this. Of course, I've seen video and things like that, but you don't really get a context of the whole area. And uh, It's been cool. I've only been to one game, and I had a blast. I didn't want it to end, which normally some of these minor league games, I'm like, all right, let's go now. Um, so I'm excited. I'm going to be bouncing around, taking in as many games as I can while we keep up with these uh, championship series. So a lot of baseball this week. Are they still doing the pitch clock over there? Oh yeah, they are. Yeah. They had, it was an ump show yesterday and the, this guy was like just begging to enforce the pitch clock, like so excited, right? Usually you get like a one or two second buffer and this guy was like almost jumping the gun early. And I saw my first ever, I tweeted it, but my first ever, like no play. That was a play. No LV Marte laced a double, but he said, no pitch, no pitch. Like just before. And they did the whole play. He ran to second. They did everything. And they're like, no, you got to come back. Next pitch, Noelvi Marte strikes out. And I was like, <laughs> oh, my gosh, the big leaguers are going to throw a fit if that happens. And you know that's going to happen, again, when, like, Josh Donaldson's up. Yeah, Donaldson, Bumgarner, who, el- who else did we ID? <laughs> it was those two, right? Those are the number one and two suspects of who are going to try to take down the pitch clock. 100%. A whole bunch of Arizona Fall League content coming on the call-up. You're going to be sitting down with a bunch of guys talking to them. Uh, also, your takeaways from each of these Fall League games. You're doing, what, three games a day, right? If I can. Sometimes they're double double booked, so at least two a day. Craziness. Craziness. Okay. Uh, you didn't catch any of the NLCS last night, huh? Nope. <laughs> oh, Peter, the floor is yours, man. And then I'll I'll double back with my thoughts. Well, it was really just a pitching duel. I mean, Zach Wheeler, I put it out on Twitter. I said, name me five better pitchers than this man. Because, and then I I got some like comments. It was like, this is just an overreaction, you know, just because he put together a couple of good starts in the postseason. And I thought to myself, well, he almost won the Cy Young last year. When he, he was healthy this year. year. I, I want to get that. Arguably, out of exactly. He should have won the Cy Young. I mean, Burns, Burns was otherworldly. But regardless, regardless, like he was in that breath then this year when healthy he was dominant again and then during the postseason maybe the only better pitcher so far this postseason is his teammate Aaron Nola. that's how good Zach Wheeler looked and he was again 
He's again facing on the road game one against a Padres offense that has just been busy killing the Dodgers. When we talk about their bullpen, we talk about their starting rotation. So it's a hot offense, just a brutal environment in Peco dominated them from the jump. They had no shot. I think he had what four and a third, no hit innings before Will Myers broke it up with a base hit up the middle. But really, again, the story is the Kyle Schwarber home run. I mean, how about maybe the hardest home run I've ever seen? It was 488 feet, 120 miles an hour at sea level. Imagine that in altitude. That thing would have gone 545 feet. It was crushed. It was the fifth longest home run in the StatCast era. It was the farthest home run at Petco Park. Went 120 miles an hour. That was the fourth hardest hit ball this year. And then Bryce Harper didn't have a cheap home run, but in comparing it to Kyle Schwarber, went right over the left field wall. And that was it. The only thing that was kind of worrisome was at the end where the Phillies, they made a little bit of an error. I think Bryson Stott kind of overthrew Gene Segura. Kind of a, it was because of the shift a little bit. Uh, it was Boehm overthrowing Stott. Boehm overthrowing Stott, excuse me. So it made things a little bit close, but then Jose Alvarado closed it out. Sir Anthony Dominguez looked phenomenal again. So it went Wheeler, back end, and the game was over. It almost went by pretty quickly. That's yeah. all I got for you. That's the crazy thing, right? I didn't even catch the game. And Jack, I'm I'm interested to hear like some of your takeaways. I watched I watched the ALCS from a uh, from a sports bar uh, when I got into Arizona, so that was fun to be able to watch at least. But you know, what the crazy thing with the Phillies is is they are really this different identity, and we've talked about this earlier in the postseason. But like this is a perfect example of we were always concerned. Okay, yeah, we know Wheeler and Noah are good, but if they're not perfect. Can the bullpen hold it down? And I mean, they were near, they've been near perfect, but the bullpen has also held it down. And that's been the most amazing part. It went from hold your breath. I'm worried about the bullpen to, oh, Sir Anthony Dominguez is coming in. It's over. And even Alvarado. Oh, Alvarado's coming in. It's over. And it shows you just kind of the ebbs and flows of bullpens. And we always talk about how the playoffs is who's getting right or getting hot at the right time. Uh, Bullpens are probably the pinnacle of that. And if your bullpen can get hot at the right time, you can make a nice run. And I think we're seeing just everything come together for the Phillies at the right time. 100%. I got to say, even Alvarado didn't have full command of his pitches, but he is just so freaking nasty that sometimes he can get away with one-on-one. And it's not, you know, he wasn't dealing with the bottom of the lineup. He was dealing with the thick of it. Soto, Machado, Bell did his job. Walker two command wasn't there. But again, you go Wheeler to Dominguez to Alvarado, say goodnight. That is about as tough as it gets right now. Yeah. Um, what I will say is I, I know people have like differing opinions of John Smoltz on TV. If you are inclined to learn more about pitching, if you are a pitching buff, there is nobody better to listen to commentate a game than John Smoltz. And he said something about Zach Wheeler that I thought was picture perfect. He said, Zach Wheeler has electric stuff that does not look electric in the slightest. It looks like he is playing catch with his catcher and he's just throwing everything hard. High 90s fastball, a low to mid 90s slider. And that's for the most part what he relies on. But what people don't realize is the crazy extension that he gets. And I know we've talked about it several times on this podcast. He's 6'4, he pitches like he's 6'8, he pitches like a big ass dude. And the way he does that is by getting so far down on the mound. And 98 jumps on you, and 98 looks like 103. And Peter, I know you talked about that in the wild card series. 
98 top of the zone from Wheeler was as unhittable a pitch as you have seen this postseason because it's like 105 miles an hour to these guys at the top of the zone. I think Wheeler is primed for a couple more insanely strong starts. And if this series goes seven, bet your ass Zach Wheeler starting three games this series. So, you know, we've been watching every inning of the playoffs so far. And when I watch Wheeler, I am not more confident in a pitcher currently in the playoffs than him. The over Verlander, over Cole, over Nola, over Darvish, Snell, Musgrove. I think Wheeler right now is the best pitcher in the postseason, at least from his performance. He looks unhittable, guys. The the only guy that I push back on you is his teammate, honestly. Like Maybe. Nola. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think Nola has looked better than Zach Wheeler, and Zach Wheeler has looked freaking awesome. And I can't wait for the game tonight. It's going to be so much fun to watch Snell and Nola. That's going to be so much testosterone on the mound. It'll be utterly insane. Also want to shout out you, Darvish. Also pitched really well that. against a really good Phillies team. Mixing in his pitches, his command looked good. Um, he was a little bit shaky in the first inning, but then really settled in, just pumping 97. And they were talking about um, on the broadcast the the difference. I mean, when you got 97 from the four seam and then he drops the 70-mile-an-hour curve on you, he's really tough to hit too. And um, there was a stat. I think Sarah Langs had it. Did you guys see that about the home runs? How teams that have – out hit in ter- in the home run department, they are. I gotta find the tweet. Oh, Just all for me, real quick. On. In the postseason, whoever out homers their opponent wins games. Um, while you Easily. find that tweet, let's talk about that first homer, Aram, because you and I are suckers for the Bryce Harper narrative, and yeah. here we are getting the narrative going full bore. Well, and Harper doing what you have to do against you, Darvish, which is, you know, hunt fastball and and also just be able to adjust on everything else. And that's what's so amazing about him is, is he can hit the ball out of the catcher's glove and leave the yard. And, and that's basically what he did. I mean, we saw him inside out that ball and got out. And I mean, that I, I, I love being able to keep up with with the highlights and everything. And I mean, the way Bryce Harper is is, is just kind of kicked things into another gear. That was the thing that made me most upset about missing this game is I wanted to see the whole at-bat because watching the way Bryce Harper, when he's locked in, the way he commands his at-bats, his takes, when he's fouling pitches off, you're like holding your breath, waiting for that explosion to just, you know, just to happen when he's locked in like this. And he is locked in like this. We're seeing he goes home. He homers foul pole to foul pole. He is not chasing much. He's locked in. He's seeing the ball well. And um, we talked about it a lot. You tweeted it. I tweeted it as well. The Phillies are going to go as far as Bryce Harper takes them. And right now, it looks like he can take them pretty far. So the beauty of Bryce Harper is ever since that E60, and I know that so many baseball fans have gone back and watched that Bryce Harper E60 when he was like 15, 16 years old (laughs) on YouTube. It's hilarious. But the book on Harper, since he was that child prodigy cover of Sports Illustrated, was he has some of the best bat speed baseball evaluators have ever seen from a high school prospect. Like Clint Frazier. (laughs) you saw the bat speed from Bryce Harper. You saw the bat speed from Kyle Schwarber. I mean, these two guys that supplied the two runs swing as hard as vigorously, but also as controlled as any other guy in the sport, which is just awesome. Yeah. They crush baseballs. And if you hit home runs, you're on the right track from Sarah Lang's S Langs on sports. She's just a phenomenal Twitter follow. So far this postseason, teams to score first are 19 and 7. Teams to out homer opponents are 13 and 5. 
25 and two last postseason. 45.7% of runs have been scored via the home run. It was 39.8% in the 2022 um, and 49% in 2021 postseason. Oh, the first round. Yeah. Well, think about how the Astros have done it every year that they've been there, right? I mean, Carlos Correa and Jose Altuve climb postseason homer leaderboards just because they hit a whole bunch of solo homers. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, these guys are so nasty. It's impossible to string together hits. I mean, how are you going to string together hits on these dudes? Even you, Darvish, stringing together hits on him is impossible. It's it's you hope you catch one, and, and that's the easiest way to score. Okay, so sw- stringing together hits is the perfect segue into what the Guardians failed to do, right? I mean, it was one of those, and I saw, I'm blanking on who put it out there, but but somebody said, um, you know, this this continuation of hits, it's so fun, but it can only take you so far because you need to hit homers eventually. And Giancarlo proved that right away. Judge proved that immediately after, what, 5-1, the Yankees win it. Um, and they used Nestor for five. That was great. Nestor on short rest. What a guy. Bieber not sniffing the mound. What do we make of that? I don't know, Arm. What did you think? I, I, you know, that was like the most asked question. We were on a TikTok live and I thought to myself, well, I totally understand. Like on three days rest, maybe you throw Zach or uh, Shane Bieber, excuse me. But then I also thought, I mean, if Aaron Savali just doesn't allow that home run to Stanton, it's a two-one ball game. Yeah, but it was kind Even of a lock that Savali was allowing runs, was it not? Yeah, I guess it was. That, um, yeah, that I don't was know. My... I tr- I trusted Terry Francona in the scenario because I believed as fully as you can in it, in the Cleveland bullpen, and it was just will Aaron Savali not give up the home run in the first inning, and he did, and that was the end of it. I mean, that basically ended the game without any more runs from the Yankees. The gar- the Guardians only put up one, so you got to score more than one to win anyway. So. I would have preferred to go bullpen game or something. I know that sets you up horribly for the next series, but like you got to get there. Um, I, I have no problem with not pitching Bieber. And I, I don't think people understand the, the gravity of, of Shane Bieber's shoulder issues over the last couple of years. And, um, you know, how important it is to, to preserve this guy. Southie's 27 years old. He hasn't gotten his big payday. And, you know, I'm not saying he was the one leading the charge and, and being like, don't pitch me. I think the Guardians are also looking ahead as well. I mean, they've got several years of trying to contend here. And I think it just goes beyond all of that. I know everyone's going to say, oh, all hands on deck. You got to win now. Well, what's the point of saving him? This is a guy who I think some of those decisions, when you have recurring shoulder issues, can derail your career. This is the first time he threw 200 innings since really the onset of his issues, which is when he was 24 years old in 2019, he threw 214 innings. Then we saw 77 innings in 2020, of course, shortened season. 2021, he threw 96 and was injury-plagued all year. We've never seen the VLO come all the way back either. He's just learned to pitch even better. Don't run this guy into the ground just yet. If you're not going to win the series without him, I mean, he's done what he could to get you here. He's done what he could all, all, all offseason. If he pitched in that game on three days rest, he wouldn't have been the same the rest of the postseason. Take it from somebody who doesn't even know to any extent what he's dealing with. I can tell you how finicky shoulders are. Yeah. It would His body is so trained at this point, it wouldn't have responded well. Right. And, and think about how his arsenal has changed since the shoulder issues came on. Um, this guy, when he's as healthy as he will be for the rest of his career, which is a different level of health than what he had in 2019, uh, when this guy is, when he's feeling great 
in the bullpen before a start, he's a top five pitcher in baseball because he is so, so good at pounding any spot that he wants. That's a really good point. He has yet to get his bag here. And I do want to point to a certain bag getter who the $324 million man who was warming up in the ninth down three, that was the biggest bunch of eyewash I've ever seen in my life. Come on, man. You're a hater. Yeah, you're a hater. Who cares? I mean, it doesn't even matter. He was getting ready in in case they needed him. And and he would have gone in. Like, what? whatever. I mean, You're a hater. You're a hater. I I, I actually thought you were going to say something else because I I, I do want to say something real quick. That was your second takeaway from the series? No. I want I want to say something because Jack and I have been extremely hard on. I mean, we all, all three of us have been hard on Garrett Cole, but Jack and I even more so because it's funny. And it, here's the thing: Garrett Cole has done everything. I know you guys probably talk, you guys talked about this last couple episodes. He's done everything that you would ask for uh, of your big time ace. But beyond that, he got his bag, as Jack mentioned, and he's willing to run himself into the freaking ground. I, I love that. You know, like he is willing to run himself into the ground. I think it's more the Yankees that are like, "You're our three hundred million dollar investment." We're not going to run you in the ground. I do agree that some of it's eyewash, but he's also like he's playing into the Yankees fans. Like that's what they want to hear. And you know what, though? At the same time, he knows that he will do it. The thing is, he also knows that they won't make him do it unless they really, really have to. So I I would do the same shit. I would do the same shit. You get credit. You get patted on the back for trying. And odds are you don't have to go in but you know what he would go in he offered and he knows that there's still a possibility there this was a guy that was left in the bullpen while he watched his team lose the world series and i'm convinced he never wants to see that happen again yeah i totally agree um one more thing about shane bieber too like um i was going back and forth on this it's it was no guarantee that bieber would pitch all that well i mean he pitched well against the yankees but in that first inning he did give up that home run to giancarlo stanton like it wasn't you weren't just completely out of the woods that just assuming that Shane Bieber on three days rest would come in and throw a shutout. The bullpen did exactly their job. And ultimately, Aaron Savali gave up the three run home run. If that was a solo home run to Stanton, like we're having a different conversation. Yeah. So I don't really blame Terry Francona. I know this is going to be the talk of everything that they should have started to Shane Bieber. But overall, I think the Yankees were just. They're the better, better team. They're the better They're team. The better I team. will say, you, you bring up a good point, Peter. If if Shane Bieber goes five and two thirds, five hits, two runs, three they walks, lose. seven strikeouts, they lose. So if he <laughs> duplicated what he did last time in New York, they lose, and you just put a lot more you know tread on on that tire with his shoulder. So yeah, I, I'm with you. It's not like it's some guarantee. This isn't you know postseason mad bum. He was good. He they was really solid. One run. Like yeah. this was the whole series. Their offense just didn't show up. It well, didn't. Dude, really how many times were there dudes in scoring the position? And it's like yeah. Austin hedges up, and it's like okay, you the inning's yeah. over. Like that's yeah. why, especially if you're the Guardians with some of the the gaps you have at the back end of the of the lineup, you really need the home runs. Um, I love what the Guardians do, but we kind of see the shortcomings there. I think there's a balance. You can be the contact and power guys. I think that's what the Mets did with success all year. I think they lost for a lot of other reasons. Uh, but yeah, I'm interested to see how the guardians attack the deadline because I, or not the deadline, the off season, because I think they're aware of, of all of these trends as well. They don't want to get away from who they are, but you can hedge some of your weaknesses a little bit. I also want to shower Nestor with as Hold much on. praise as possible. Don't do that yet. I, okay. I have a guardians exercise and then you can do that. Fine. Um, real quick, <laughs> an exercise. Yeah, I have a Guardians exercise. I like uh, it. I'm going to walk through the lineup. Game five. You tell me who stays, who goes. 
and we'll, we're going to go very, very rapid fire. Ooh. Juan stays. Stays. Duh. Ahmed Rosario. Stays. I think he stays. stays. J-Ram stays. Stays. Oscar stays. Uh, yes. Does Oscar he? Stays. Yes. Yeah, well, he's a rookie. He will stay, but. Yes. Until proven otherwise. Naylor yeah. stays. Stays. Gabriel Arias at first base. You need to upgrade. <laughs> no. Arm, arms a hater. I mean, you got to upgrade. I've liked him as a prospect. He's a good shortstop. Prospect. Shortstop, yeah. He's a guy who I like as a prospect because his glove is short. Like, that's not a guy you stick at first, but yeah. Next. And I also don't know why he's hitting sixth. It just seemed like once you get to Arias in the lineup that it was just over. I mean, Andres exactly. Jimenez was great, but it just seemed like once they got to that section of the lineup with hedges and straw that there was just zero offense right um well it's not over when you get to arias because jimenez was the seventh hitter jimenez yes. stays uh hedges get the fuck out of that lineup oh my god he i mean since 2019 i think since 2018 he is the worst hitter in baseball by the numbers he's terrible. that's just a fact he's a is he great behind the plate He's great behind the plate, of you course. See that but... scoop he had yesterday, though, that was nasty. Oh yeah, he's phenomenal behind the plate, and he's probably an enormous difference for these starting pitchers. But yeah, you can do that once a week hole. on Sunday day games. Yeah, a hole in the lineup. A immediate, hole. immediate upgrade with Bo Naylor behind the plate next year. Oh yeah. my gosh, yeah. So that's internal upgrade right there. Yeah, yeah. and then they got Straw, it. they got to get Straw out of this lineup. Yeah, Straw's a fourth outfielder as well. These are two guys that I think are good pieces for you. You know, they're good depth pieces. But yeah, Miles Straw should be your fourth outfielder. Uh, platoon guy, late defensive replacement. Uh, you know, get on the bases as well when you need speed. But th- they have plenty of guys in their system, and they also could go make a trade for a big-time center fielder. So th- I think that's where they make the biggest leap with this team. Uh, but for the most part, you're right, Jack. The core kind of stays together. Stays. Yeah, but that's why the Guardians are s- going to be so good for so long is they have all these pieces. Like, all of their problems that they have currently, they have backups in the minor leagues. Yes. I mean, they're just set up. And then once they spend a, a cent, then they go to another level. But I also wouldn't be surprised if they trade Shane Bieber. It's going to be expensive. And they I'd have so fair. many I'd other pitchers in the minor I think this is where they surprise you and pay him because they have Good, the do core, it. They have the core locked up for cheap for the foreseeable future, at least with, with all these guys that are like pre-arb. They have J-Ram locked up for still really cheap. I think that's where they spend is Shane Bieber. And acknowledging the, the shoulder risks, I bet they can get him on a five-year deal or something like that that won't be bad for them. 100%. I mean, Aram, let's say Shane Bieber wants – 150 to 200 million dollars i mean you even called him possibly a top five pitcher in the game and i it's not like i disagree with you it's just he's going to demand a bag and you you've been talking up all these guardian starting pitchers and for good reason they're all disgusting every single time you show me video of these guys they're incredible they have mckenzie they have quantrill and then they have a spino and, the, and just the slew of guys down Spino's there hasn't thrown What's, all year but what's the point of giving him a bag? The Guardians have not proved that they would do that. And yeah, you don't, you don't know who you're hoping you don't, anybody turns into a poor man's Shane Bieber. Yeah, you're That's you're praying every about. single you're praying you're praying Daniel Espino is close to Shane Bieber. And like and, and especially now, given that he threw six innings this year. Um you lock up the the proven starter. It's yeah. so hard to find proven starting. I, they have a great organizational depth. They have a lot of guys who I think could be number threes, number fours. 
but you don't find number ones, number twos very often. And again, I think Bieber is going to be affordable, relatively speaking, because of the injury risk here. Um, I think they're going to be able to find the middle ground. And also the Guardian secured that investment to be able to reinvest in their team. If they don't need to reinvest in the in the position players as much, why not just pump that into your frontline pitcher, your vet, quote unquote, even though he's 27, who can really hold down that rotation while the rest of the guys start to accentuate the back end of it. Yeah. I just think he's going to be expensive. And I, I think they might put that money towards the offense, but I hope they But we just him. we just went through the offense and there's literally only like one or two spots where they're going to upgrade and one of them's internally. So if 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 they're not moving any of those guys, if they're not where are they going to spend there? Center first field. base? You don't need to spend in first base and center field. What are they going to do? Nimmo? Guardians are not going to do Nimmo. Promise you the Guardians no, are uh, not doing Nimmo. We'll see. We'll see. All I'm saying is I wouldn't be surprised. Their farm system is entirely center fielders and shortstops, and that's why you just saw Gabriel Arias at first base. (laughs) So you you don't need a center fielder or a shortstop. What they need is a first baseman, and they need a catcher that will serve as a backup. And I actually don't even think they need a backup catcher because hedges can stay and Bo Naylor can be the lead guy. Here's my thing. When you guys look at the guardian system, because you know it better than me, are they better in the pitching department or are they better in the offense department? I I don't base whether I lock up my ace on that though. No, I'm just curious. I'm just curious. They're good at both. That's the thing. So they're going, they will sign. Shane Bieber to a very long extension. I hope. No, I just said I don't think it's going to be super long because I, I, I think with the shoulder issues, it won't be more than five, six years. Yeah. I can I see five years, one five years, 135, five, five years or so. Yeah, that's about it. I bet they do it this offseason. We'll see. Yeah. All we'll right. We'll talk you more about the offseason in later episodes, too. Yeah, you wanted to heat praise on Nestor. I mean, three days rest. He was great once again. Nestor Cortez Jr., the guy who went from a reliever, the guy who just varies his leg lifts and throws 92 miles an hour and is starting to establish himself as a dog. I mean, when you look at the remaining pitchers in the postseason, how many can you name that you trust more than Nestor at this point? He has been so good over the regular season. Then he came into the playoffs, gave you two stellar outings. What a performance. He is putting himself in this upper echelon of starters in Major League Baseball. He is not just a gimmicky starter that's fun to watch. He is a dominant pitcher that in a Game 7 type scenario against anybody, you can rely on Nestor Cortez Jr. to dominate. And, I mean, just what a journey for him. What a journey for him, Arm. I mean, when we know he's an awesome guy, and and that's what makes it so much sweeter, dude. And you put it perfectly. And just to put it into context, like numerically, statistically, over the last two seasons, Nestor Cortez has thrown 251 and a thirds innings at a 2.61 ERA, a .97 WHIP. I mean, this is somebody that's pitching in a really tough division, a guy that is home run susceptible in a place where you know sometimes I, I'm not saying Yankee Stadium is is the hardest place to pitch in because there are gaps that are large, but still, if you're home run susceptible. <laughs> This short porch can burn you if your home run's susceptible. It hasn't. He's found a way to navigate that. And now he's doing it in the postseason. That was like the last question, right, Peter? Uh, you're more like yeah. in tune with the Yankee fans. That was the last question was like, okay, we know he can pitch in the regular season, but can he can he pick it up in the postseason? And look, man, he is. And, you know, it was also the 
you know, he's never done this before, right? He's never <laughs> pitched this long, and now he's going on three days rest in Yankee Stadium where, you know, the hitters always get bashed because they're playing in this Little League field, but we never give the pitchers any of their due. He was dominant once again. You could say, like, maybe the Guardians offense just kind of didn't show up and they've been susceptible again against lefties too, and he had a good matchup, but three days rest in a winner-take-all scenario where the offense, they're about as prepared as possible. They've already seen him before, and he did it again, and arguably, I thought he looked better in that game than he did in the first start. I was in the stadium for that start versus watching this one on TV. He looked better. Just incredible. He deserves all the praise in the world. Dominant. We'll talk about how the Yankees and Astros match up in the ALCS. We'll also talk about game two of the NLCS to come, but first... New sponsor alert. Holy Manscaped. Support for the Just Baseball Show brought to you by Manscaped, who's the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. That rhymed. Manscaped's performance package, the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code JBSHOW, all caps, JBSHOW, S-H-O-W, at manscaped.com. If I if uh, our math is correct, it's about 12 million balls, which is pretty nice. Um, here's what they did. They were kind enough to send us the Performance Package 4.0 game changer, total game changer. Inside this package, you will find Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, Look at this the, thing. Yeah. The names are just amazing. Can I also say something? So this has been used. This has been used. Phenomenal. That's not even a joke. I know that our sponsor, but oh my gosh, is this phenomenal? Because you use some other ones and it just, it can get I'm you. I'm scared. Give you a I'm scared. It's oh, really dude. scary if you use this the other is, ones. This is actually like, it is, it blows it out of the water. And I'm not just saying that. It blows it out of the water. No pun intended. So here's the thing. Like, Sometimes you're scared when you see razors like that. You turn them on and you don't want to like touch them with your finger. The, the, Manscaped is so unique. Like you turn it on and you're like, you're fine. Just like yes. slamming the razor. It's okay. So I, I feel good about those around my family jewels, but let's see. We've got the lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, which is what you're holding right now. Yes. And waterproof. So you can do it in the shower too, which I did just like so much better than anything I've ever used. And it's not even close. That's not even awesome. close. How about the the weed whacker ear and nose hair trimmer? You got the weed whacker over there. I know you've got the weird whack weed whacker. Yeah, I got, it's this is a huge package that yeah, they sent you send us, package. and that's what you can get. So there's there's a bunch of them. Where's my nose trimmer? Did you get the newspaper? What I yeah. my dream job is to write like the the newspaper things for for Manscaped. It's it's an article about like the puns are just too easy. They're so I saw easy. they just locked in a deal with Ball State too. I mean, it's just they too locked easy. in a deal with Ball State. So this is like a yeah, this is my world's colliding here. They are sponsoring Ball State and the Just Baseball Show. Nose trimmer in there already use it as well. Again, these products are just so much better than anything you're going to find in your CVS and Rite Aid. And then if you use our code JB show, you get 20% off this awesome stuff. So this is holding, what I want to talk about. Too. You're holding the crop preserver ball deodorant in your left hand, in your right yes. hand. What do you have there? This is, yeah, this is the reviver ball toner, which is hilarious and works like this stuff is all, it seems funny. And then you put an odd and you're like, how am I ever going to not have this in my cabinet? 
I understand. Um, and I then... just I never knew about this kind of stuff. And then finally using it, I thought to myself, okay, this is now going to be a consistent part of what I do every day because it's just so comfortable. Arm, it's so comfortable. I, I'm I'm excited to try. It's waiting good. for me. It's waiting Not for me when I go back. It's waiting for me when I go back in New York. And then last thing they got, did you get the handbag? Do you have the dop kit here? Haven't opened the handbag yet, but look, I mean, this is fire. It's a like a little kit. nice little bag, nice little bag for your bathroom. It's good. Nicer than the one I have. It's actually it's like nice leather. And then, and then, boxers. Yeah, haven't opened oh, them no yet. Way. Let's let's no feel let's, let's feel the They're comfort. Boxers. I just and this all way. comes in that performance package that you can get, and then you can get twenty percent off if you use our code. And this is different, you know. Oh, these are so comfortable. Holy yeah, shit. they're very comfortable. So again, it's time to take care of yourself. Go to manscape.com, get twenty percent off plus free shipping with the code JB Show. Again, all caps JB Show. That is the case. Best way to help out the show and help out your nuts, people. Yeah. You know, Try we're not going to be out your nuts. Help, help yourself out. Help us out. Do yourself a favor. Huh? Do yourself a favor. You've uh, earned it. You've earned it. <laughs> Let's talk uh, Yankees Astros. Game one, American League Championship Series. Jamison Tyone gets the ball at minute made against Justin Verlander, who's coming off of a rough start against Seattle, which is tough. But... You go JV, then you probably go Framber Valdez, then Javier, then McCullers. They didn't use Javier. Javier was set to go game four if they needed him to. How do you think this rotation lines up? Arm, I want to hear how you think the rotation lines up. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think I think it's hard to anytime you, you start off a series with Justin Verlander versus Jamison Tyone, it's it's hard to make the case that it, it lines up in the Yankees' favor. And then I, you look at also just Garrett Cole against any of the the other guys that the Astros are going to roll out there. It's just not going to be as large of a discrepancy as Verlander Tyone. I know Verlander looked bad last time out, but I, I just don't imagine that Justin Verlander is going to have back to back bad postseason starts and back to back bad starts. Period. Um, I, I think the way it lines up obviously slightly favors Houston here, uh, but if they can kind of survive this Tyone start, who we know Tyone when he's locked in can can still get out against some of the best lineups. Then I think it's pretty close with the way Nestor's looked, who we just sung the praises for, with the way some of these other Yankees arms have looked. But I think anytime anybody goes against the Astros, it's 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 not going to line up that well for the other team. How how do you think it lines up? Like, what do you think the four man rotation is? Oof, I don't know. Peter, what do you think? I just don't think they're going to use Javier, and they should. They're going to. I think he's going to come out of the bullpen. It's just that's what they've been proving to do, whether or not we agree with it. That's just what. They seem to do. They seem to go with Verlander, then Framber, then Lance McCullers Jr., and then they go all out. It might be Javier. It might be Luis Garcia. It might be combinations of Hunter Brown. I think that's their that's their MO at this point. Well, well remember, Javier was supposed to start game four if they got to a game four. Yeah, so that's I, I why think I think that's it'll, be way- a, it'll be him for maybe three, then Luis Garcia, or if he's just so good, they'll, they'll keep running him out there. But I think the front three is established at this point. I think it's yeah. Verlander, then Framber, then Lance McCullers, and then you just get four different starters, whoever they're feeling at the moment. That's just how good the Astros are. Because they could go Jose Arquiti. They could say, screw you. We'll just go Jose Arquiti in game four to, as, as like a middle figure of the Yankees. They won't go, go Jose 3-0. Imagine, though, 
They go up 3-0. They just say, yeah, we're going to pitch Jose Arquiti. We don't even give a shit if we lose yeah, this game. Yeah, <laughs> just take this. It's yeah. the house money. No, so like the reason why I say I don't know is they can go in so many directions here. So many. I, I, and I would feel good about almost any direction they go. But I do think that we've seen the approach, kind of like what Peter was saying, is the approach is sit on Christian Javier here because – Either, you know, the way that the series flows, you could either use him in long relief if you really need to. Uh, if a game goes into extras like we saw in that Astros Mariners series, maybe he the way things work out, he ends up being that long reliever that that helps bridge the gap. But it seems like Luis Garcia is kind of taking that role. I think Javier has got to be the guy that gets the ball, you know, in, in that fourth or fifth game. But yeah, I think we've, we've seen the top three pretty solidified here. And the fact that the Astros, if a game does go to extras, have two guys in Hunter Brown and Luis Garcia that could just eat four to five innings with ease if they're if they're on their game. It just makes things unfair because if the Yankees need to match that any extra inning game is an advantage to the Astros because Anybody that the Yankees are going to put out there is either going to be a starter that they were hoping to go to later, or they're going to deplete their bullpen. The Astros don't have to worry about that. And I think that's why they sit on Javier. uh, And ultimately, they have their top three guys kind of locked in their top four guys really locked in there. This is just such a tough team to match up with. Aram, that's such a good point, too. When you consider that, um, because let's just say Javier starts game four. So in extra innings, they have Hunter Brown. Jose Arquiti or Luis Garcia. The Yankees have Domingo Herman and Clark Schmidt. (laughs) It's just such an advantage. While Domingo Herman has pitched well this year, and I hate him, I want the record to show that I do not like him, but that's the reality of the situation, that the Astros have the clear advantage, even if Domingo Herman has pitched reasonably well. And Clark Schmidt, like these these high-leverage situations, like I still believe in him. I still think that in spots he can pitch well. But you get to the later innings when it's tied two to two and it's the it's the 11th inning to the 13th inning or something like that. Like, who do you believe in, Luis Garcia or Clark Schmidt? I think I have my answer. Well, what did you say when he came out of the bull? When he was warming up in the bullpen in Cleveland in that game that, you know, he, he unfortunately gave up the, the lead there. Like, I was shocked. I, I couldn't believe no that. Comment. We seeing- yeah. Okay. Don't I didn't want it to be a Clay Holmes comment. thing. Not Clay Holmes aside, just like I was like, holy shit, Clark Schmidt. <laughs> no, no, I just, you know, I thought to myself, well, why not Clay Holmes? I know the emergency situation thing, but at that point it was Clark Schmidt or who? Yeah. Right? Fair. Um, so I thought, well, might as well trust, because all we got. I mean, that's just that's just where they are at this point. But I will say from a gambling um sense, and you'll hear my pick and um might be live by the time you're listening to this. Um, Yankees at plus 170 is very interesting. In a playoff game, I know it's Verlander, but we just saw him be a human being against the Mariners, and it's not like the Yankees' offense is worse than the Mariners' offense. They've seen him before, but they have seen him before, and he shoved it down their necks. What will we get from Verlander? I think that's the ultimate X factor in the series. I'm also curious, while the Astros swept and they had a little bit of time off, while the Yankees didn't have a time off, is it actually advantage Yankees that they're building on that momentum or do they get in late and they come out flat? I'm honestly unsure. I think that's the toughest part because even if they come out hot, could Verlander just shove against them? But plus 170 in a playoff game just seems too much, especially with how evenly matched you can consider these teams. Because if the Yankees offense is rolling, can we shout out Giancarlo Stanton for a second? Postseason I God. Mean, postseason God. What a player. When the bright lights turn on, Giancarlo Stanton above all, 
is incredible. Aaron Judge leads in 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 playoff home runs, or at least that I saw some stat where he's got four compared to everybody else who's got like three, or maybe it's go-ahead home runs in the playoffs or something like that. I got to find the stat again. But Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stanton, if we're talking about home runs to win, what do you, what? What what number did you just use? Let me find it. Well, John Carlos Stanton now in the playoffs in his career, 23 games, has a 1,028 OPS. There we go. Small sample size theater, but 11 pumps in 23 games for John Carlo is crazy. Crazy. Okay. Home run every other game for John Carlos Stanton on the postseason stage. That's freaking awesome. That is awesome. Yeah, today is the fourth time that Aaron Judge and Carlos Stanton have homered in the same postseason game, the most instances by a pair of teammates in Yankees history at go. ESPN wow. Stats and Info. Um, okay, this is from Sarah Langs. Most career home runs in a winner-take-all postseason game. Aaron Judge, four. Giancarlo Stanton, three. Yogi Berra, three. Didi, three. Troy O'Leary, three. And Moose, S-K-O-W-R-O-N. Scourin? That's pretty good. Yeah, Scourin? Yeah, that's pretty good. Oh, that's, that's a really good list. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, there we go. There's, we just needed the right. Number. We just needed the right number. That's why we're we making just needed the right number. You know, I'm going on a rant. Sometimes I forget exactly where the number is found. The tweet. We're there. We're back. It was like most home runs, like four. What? Um, <laughs> yeah, I had no idea. It was not. I had no idea saying? where you were going with that. No, man. I mean, and honestly, the way that I kind of view this is. Um, I would say advantage Astros from the human element. Like the Yankees were in New York late last night. So they got into Houston late. They're on the road. Houston's been there for a couple of days now. I mean, they haven't played since Saturday. Granted, it was like two games in one. They played 18 innings on Saturday. But again, they had Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday off. The Yankees have to, the Yankees emptied the tank in, in a winner take all game five. They won it. Now they've got to bounce back within 24 hours and start the ALCS against the best team in the American League. So human element goes to the Astros. What I will say is going into the division series, I was thinking that the Astros have the objectively better lineup than the Yankees. And after that series against Seattle, there's some doubt there. I don't know how much better the Astros lineup is than the Yankees right now at this very moment, because the Yankees, and so much credit to Giancarlo, like you're saying, providing a security blanket for Aaron Judge, even though Judge also went yard in game five. Um, I mean, it was the Jordan show. Jose Altuve is still looking for his first hit in the postseason. He has been awful. There's not much going on on the Astros' offensive side. Again, they were shut out for 17 innings last time they took That's the a field. good point. That is a really good point because we, we, are, we are kind of – ignoring the fact because they haven't really been tested that much yet Not at right? all they were able to get by even with those concern with those struggles but yeah i mean they, they have not hit at all uh we walked at the top of their lineup has has struggled and even in that that 17 any game Jordan didn't do anything either so yeah i mean you're on to a good point here i wouldn't be shocked to see the offense stall out but at the same time they could come out swinging and all of a sudden you're like Oh, there's the Astros. And here's the thing, man. We know how good the Mariners pitching staff is. And in, in the rotation, in the bullpen, George Kirby put together a great start. I mean, you saw pretty much everybody yeah. in that 18-inning game from Seattle. And they were shut out, again, for 17 innings. But here's the thing about postseason baseball. None of the pitching staffs remaining suck. So the Yankees pitching staff does not suck. It's not like they're going to see – this, you know, nothing quadruple A guy at any point that they can just feast on. They're going to see Garrett Cole twice this week. 
They're going to see Nestor Cortez once this week. They're going to see Severino probably twice this week. And then the bullpen, they're going to see Loisaga three, four times this week. They're going to see Clay Holmes three, four times this week, unless there's an emergency situation type thing again. Um, I, I mean, there is no break in the postseason. You don't see bad pitchers in the postseason. And the Astros, if they can't hit good pitching, they might be in some trouble. What I will say is I'm not sure how long the leash will be for Tyone today. I'm really unsure because Tyone has one start against the Astros this year, five and two thirds, 10 hits, six earned. I think they're going to go to Domingo Herman after that. And, um, and then it's going to be another bullpen game. Um, and the Yankees bullpen is reasonably rested, not crazy, but yeah, this is going to be a tough one for the Yankees going up against Verlander who has historically dominated them. Um, so, but Verlander's also look human. It's, it's just a super interesting game. Loisaga threw two innings yesterday. He is definitely out of commission. He's not throwing today. Yeah. Uh, Clay Holmes threw an inning. He'll be good. Based on, based on the dialogue from Aaron Boone, Clay Holmes isn't throwing today. And and Wandy Peralta has, has thrown every day. I, I would assume he's available today. Oh yeah. He's Uh, always available, but tell you what, man, if, if you're starting a game with Jamison Tyone and Loisaga and Holmes, theoretically aren't available right now i don't feel good about the yankees chances in game one yeah you probably say it's the ash i mean they're at home with verlander rested what are they minus minus 220 yeah they're minus 190 which for a playoff game is crazy it's crazy and it's like is it worth a stab on the yankees i mean they're they're the team that you know didn't have to take a rest like i wonder with a bad offensive output from the astros then you have the rest, which we saw affect a lot of the one seeds in the playoffs. I'm curious if they come out flat and the Yankees kind of get to Verlander similarly to how the Mariners got to Verlander. Can you guys not, guess? I just think it's I think it might be worth a stab at plus 170. I'm probably not going to touch it, but like I'm not laying all this juice with the Astros. No, no, no way. But can you guys guess who the Astros leader in hits is so far this postseason? Yuli Gurriel, um, bang. Yeah. Yuli Gurriel with six. He had a three-hit day, yeah. <laughs> with the 400, 400, 600 slash one. Um, <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. They struck out 36 times. As we know, a lot of those came in that in that miserable marathon. Not miserable, but like for it was awesome. offensive. I loved it. it was awesome to watch, but yourself. like I loved it. from a strikeout perspective for this statistic, it was Brutal. miserable. 36 strikeouts, five walks, and that's a testament to the Mariners pitching staff there. Uh, but like we said, like the Yankees can can go toe to toe with that, no problem, um, and, and have proven guys that can do that. I can't wait to see Cole against this lineup. I'll tell you that I cannot wait. wait because he has risen to the occasion. We know that they didn't have to throw him and and just run him into the ground like he offered, or as Jack said, eyewash offered. But at the same time, I, I think this guy's kind of locked in on another level. I think I'm really excited to see that start. But I'm also pumped to see Verlander. There's a lot of cool storylines within this. You know these two teams don't like each other. Um, these are two of the best teams. We talked about this. It, this was probably our pick a month into the season to be the ALCS. The NLCS has been nothing. like <laughs> You could have given us 15 tries, and we wouldn't have guessed this one. But on the American League side, this is the two monsters, and and this is exactly what we wanted. Who wins the ALCS? How many games? Why? RM, you first. Astros in six. Um, I just think they outlast them. I, the, the, the pitching is just 
ridiculous on their end. And I think you're only as good as your as your weakest link on the pitching staff. We just saw that with Cleveland, right? And I, I could see a, a similar type of situation where we get to game five, game six, and it's just too big of a discrepancy in the pitching department. The Yankees are also going to really have to, to to hit, I think, to keep up on that back end of the series. It's going to be tough. Uh, I go Astros in six. Peter, who wins? How many games? Why? Yankees win in six. They bum rush the Astros early. They catch them sleeping at the plate. Um, and we get some very good performances from the Yankee starters. We get good starts from Cole. We get another good start from Nestor. We get good starts from Severino. The bullpen does enough. The offense stays hot with Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton. And they end up out slugging the Astros, catch them lacking, and they win the series in six. I love that Cal Quantrill's just out of sight, out of mind. Now he's all the way back on the Yankees bandwagon. Yes. <laughs> uh, Jack, who wins? How many games? Why? Uh, I think the Astros win in six because there is no break in this starting rotation. There's zero break. I like So Verlander, I'll say Verlander wins game one. You got Framber and Severino game two. I really love Framber. You guys know how much I love Framber. Game three, you go McCullers and Cole in New York. I'll give that to the Yankees. I will say, though, the Yankees were one of the best offenses this year against lefties. They can hit Framber. I would not be shocked. Yeah, but they so can't if the Yankees take somehow deep. find a way here, they can win game two. And then you then you got Cole. I mean, it's but this is going to be thing. close. The Yankees lift. Framber doesn't allow people to lift. Yeah, but he's also, I mean, you don't just have to lift to get to him. The Mariners got to him. There have been guys who have got to him without lifting. And the Yankees can do that. And they've seen him plenty. They know what they're getting. See, I think the Yankees offense is more predicated on lifting the baseball than you're than you're acknowledging. Yeah, but you could still lift it off Framber. It's not like it's impossible. Ah, it's close to impossible against Framber Valdez. 11 and, home runs and 201 and a third innings this year. Yeah, I'd call that pretty impossible. We'll see. He's not, you know, he he didn't pitch all that well against the Mariners. He pitched pretty well against a team that doesn't really lift. And there's a lot of other guys in the Yankees lineup that, you know, isn't predicated off the home run. You know, the rest of their lineup has been solid. I just don't. I didn't warn you. You're right. Then the Astros are going to sweep. God, you're butthurt about this, huh? No, I'm not butthurt. We're talking in absolutes like it's impossible to lift that they're just not going to hit him. I, I, I disagree. Um. No, I I just think Verlander, Framber, McCullers, Javier is a four-man rotation. You cycle through those guys with Brown, Garcia, and then you got the back end, Montero, Neris, Presley. It's just too much. It's overwhelming. I think the Astros pitching just dominates. So that's my thought. Um, Okay, we didn't get to do a series prediction for the NLCS because we didn't record a pod yesterday. Philly's up 2-1. Snell and Nola today. Peter, you first. Who wins game two? Who wins the series? How many games? I think the Padres are going to get one at Peco, but I just have such a tough time fading Nola. I think Nola has been so good, and the Phillies offense has been good against lefties. But, you know, if if Snell can get to Harper, and, you know, Reese has not had a good postseason so far. He had that big home run, but besides that, not that great. You know, a lot of the righties in their lineup – have not been as good. So maybe Snell can give them this win. And then also the Padres bullpen is a bit more rested. 
um, because obviously the Phillies went Dominguez and Alvarado. It's not like they won't be available, but at least now you have Hader on that full rest. You have, you know, Robert Suarez to come in after Snell. I have a hard time believing that the Phillies just win both of these games because if they win both of these games, the series is over. You're going to go back to Citizens Bank and it's going to be almost impossible to beat this Phillies team in Citizens Bank. So I'm going to say the Padres win this game, but I think the Phillies end up winning the series. I would give the Phillies in six. Um, Yeah, because I do think that they will win two. I think they'll win two in Citizens Bank. I think the Padres will steal one, and then the Phillies will finish them off. Um, but I'm going to go with the Phillies, but I think the Padres will win game two. Uh, I'm with Peter. I think it's going to be somewhere around uh, Phillies in six, just the way things work out. That, that game one was so big here. It, it really was. So it, it, there's so many series where I just I, it's hard to explain. It's hard to put it into words, but the, the game one just seems more important than some other series. I, I would say this, this Astros-Yankees series, the game one, uh, not as important for the Astros, maybe as it is for the Yankees. For this the, this series, I think the game one uh, is just so vital uh, to, to both of these teams. And and I just don't think that after losing this one, I, the, the way it's set up with the two three two, it makes it really hard if you drop both of them. And I agree. I think they're going to be going all out to try to get this one here. They uh, have to. San Diego. They have to. They have to they find have a to. way to get one here. Such a good point. In that format, you're going to go back to Citizens Bank. And, you know, even with Ranger Suarez, who has been really good, I think the putters go all out and try and win this. But and then it's it's tough for me to forecast the Phillies dropping two of three in Citizens Bank. Like, that just... Hard I have a weird feeling this series that. could be bizarro, though, and it could yeah. go like that, where like home doesn't matter. I know it mattered <laughs> yeah. in game one, but like or didn't matter in game one. I, I, I could I, it could be one of those weird series where we're like, oh my gosh, the home team just just keeps losing. I, I honestly could see that. Both environments are brutal. brutal. Both these teams seem unfazed by it. Um, there, it's just so many superstars in this series that it just seems so like they're cool. almost not phased by it. And I, I feel like that's my only thing is as you were saying that I'm like that makes so much sense. But I could also see this being one of those bizarre series where That's just the home team always loses. And we're like, what the hell is happening? That's why this playoff te- baseball. These two teams shouldn't even be here. Like, technically speaking, it's crazy. They're also so similar, right? They're predicated off the stars on offense. They have elite starting pitching. They have a great back end. And then they have like a kind of a rougher middle of their bullpen. They're just so similar. And they just keep going head to head. And it's like whoever gets the home run wins. Yeah. And right now, it seems like the Phillies have the power advantage, so you lean Philly. And they also kind of have the momentum, but the Padres have a ton of momentum, meaning the Dodgers. It's just a phenomenal series, and it's going to be close. It's just so much fun, and it's like, it's it's so unpredictable, right? So, like, the Phillies beat the Braves, and the Padres beat the Dodgers. I mean, are you kidding me? Play baseball's the best. Uh, Well, Jack, you always say this, and this is a, a funny exercise, too, is like, these these teams play each other a hundred times I, I, with the way they are right now. These teams play each other a hundred times. What do you think the record is, dude? I mean, they're both like five hundred against each other. Yeah, right. That's that's the crazy thing. Forty nine Phillies. Yeah, I don't know. I so <laughs> the way that I kind of see this thing shaking out is you know kind of same exact thing. If they play a hundred times, I mean, somebody's going to win fifty one games and somebody's going to win forty nine, or it might be a 50-50 split. I think it's going to be Phillies in seven. I think game one is massive, but the way that I view it is Nola and Wheeler will combine to make five starts this week. I think um, you've got Wheeler one, four, seven, That's Nola so dominant. Two That's so six. sick. 
Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> Wheeler one four seven. Nola two and five. Ranger Suarez three and six with off days factored in. I think of the five games that Wheeler and Nola combined to start, they win four of those. I think that they will line Joe Musgrove up with Ranger Suarez. I could absolutely see Musgrove winning both of those games over Ranger Suarez. I do think San Diego takes one from Wheeler and Nola. Um, So that, you know, simple math, four, three in favor of the Phillies. That's how I view it. I'm with it. I hope it goes seven. I hope both these series go seven. This one's probably going to go seven. This one is probably probably going to go seven. The way that game one shook out with Kyle Schwarber, like I'm shocked that ball didn't blow up like Benny the Jet Rodriguez. You know what I mean? Literally. How do you hit a ball that hard and that baseball is still intact? And how did nobody get stretchered out of the stands when it landed? I mean, that ball is pelted, dude. That's so funny. That was my first thought. It's like somebody going to die in the stands. I always think about that with Stanton. You disintegrate. You blow up like a cartoon. I always think about that with Stanton. With like people in the first row. Yeah. First row. Yeah. Just like one of those like missiles, right? Like I'm not, I'm not catching that. No. Uh, Like I was hoping, I was hoping judges record setting home run would be like 122, right? At someone's head. And just see how bad do you want it? Like how bad do you freaking want it? Are you going to wear that in the chest, get in front of that thing? And that, it'll cover the hospital bills. You, you'll be fine, I guess, if you survive it. So I've heard a ton of stories of guys like breaking their hand if they catch a home run ball or like even a foul ball that's fouled back right over the netting. If like it's coming hard enough and you like barehand it, it will break your hand. Like that has to break somebody's hand. 119.7 off like an egg you know like an egg soft hands yeah right i mean amon ross st brown-esque <laughs> of all the names you could have pulled <laughs> it was the fifth hardest home run in the stat cast era yeah but just the looked farthest at, ball by, ever I, hit at petco by eye test furthest home run ever though i don't care yeah the, the, i agree middle down agree. and in or like middle in on schwarber with his swing path when he has one of those finishes where he's still in his legs like yeah. he looks like he's like about to take a seat after the swing you know it's just it's just going to be going forever see if i'm darvish after that i'm like fine i'm out <laughs> I'm like, darvish I'm, didn't I'm, turn I'm, around that was the first congrats. thing i looked at darvish <laughs> didn't even turn around he was just like i don't even want to well, see where that one lands. mistake mistake I, that's the crazy <laughs> thing it only counts for one it only counts for one run it's all Whatever. the same yeah like he just got pantsed pretty much like that <laughs> that's what that was like yeah i, I mean, just cannot wait all i'm saying is don't count the yankees out that's, that's fair that's fair don't count them out that's good fair. day of baseball october 15 your promo code on the site to get 50 percent off or 15 percent off your merch Nice shirt, Aram. You can grab that in a couple of colors. You can grab hoodies, which Peter spelled coffee on. Yeah, I was wearing my hoodie for this episode. I just spilled coffee all over it. So now I switched to a different one. Well, you can get a discount one, that discounted one with uh, October 15 promo code. You can get this hat for 15% off using code October 15, all caps, October 15. Also, uh, Manscaped link is in our episode description as well. Use code JBSHOW, all caps. To get twenty percent off your Manscaped order, twenty percent off—it's a lot. It is. It's not lot. one of these promo codes where it's like, oh, you get ten bucks out. Like twenty percent off is a lot. No, that's no. a that's a fifth. You pay four Almost fifths a of what you would. You pay eighty yes. percent of what you would. How about that? Um, How about that? 
All right. Enjoy your baseball. NLCS, ALCS, NLCS game two, ALCS game one. Ghost Rose. With that, thank you, everybody.